What's going on, everybody? This is another episode of the Refocus Nutrition Podcast here. I am Eric Elliott. Uh, I'm here with another episode. Uh, this week, we are going to have our first ever guest. Uh, it is Carissa Ottenbright. Uh, she's an athlete uh, or a member from CrossFit Morai here in Chestermere, Alberta, is where I uh, kind of reside for my full-time gig uh, as, a, as a coach for CrossFit. Um, she's been working with me since uh, early or late September uh, 2018. Uh, we've been working together for almost five months, five or six months. Um, she's someone that I have a lot of respect for. I mean, I have a, res- a lot of respect for all of my clients, but she's someone that has, um, over, over that time, has really built uh, her knowledge and confidence, not only with her food, but with her body and herself. Um, so she's someone I'm excited to share her story with you guys. Um, but before we get into that, guys, this is just another reminder to leave a rating and review of this podcast so that we can help grow it. Um, that is one of the things I am working really, really hard on is getting really uh, exciting and awesome guests for you guys so that we can continue to uh, help educate you guys on a variety of topics. So guys, without further ado, I'm going to leave it there and take it off to Carissa Ottenbright, who's going to talk all about her tracking her macros plan, how she got into CrossFit and what she's learned most uh, since working with a nutrition coach like myself. Take care, guys. Back with another, or I guess not another, our first ever guest on the Refocus Nutrition Podcast with Carissa Ottenbright. Am I pronouncing that right? You sure are. Um, so Carissa is a member at CrossFit Mirai uh, here in Chestermere, Alberta. She's been doing CrossFit for how long, uh, Carissa? I'm coming up on two years. So tell me a little bit about why you got into CrossFit specifically and also like what your background is with fitness in general, um, like how you got into fitness, how you got into working out, what other sports you kind of like as well. Absolutely. a friend of mine she we were both on maternity leave together and I gained quite a bit of weight in my second pregnancy and then additionally we had some family um uh I guess like there was a bit of there was a, a passing in my family and so I it was a little bit stressful of a time after I was about six months postpartum and I gained a ton of weight. Um, it just like kind of ate my feelings a little bit, which um, looking back, like was just the natural progression for things uh, at that time in my life. And uh, my friend Julie, she introduced me to CrossFit. She she was friends with Carrie and or is friends with Carrie still, the owner at Morai. And she told me that it was probably something that I'd be really interested in. I kind of knew about CrossFit. Uh, I thought it was a lot scarier and way more daunting. Like a lot of people who don't really know the CrossFit or have ever been to a CrossFit class, they kind of think like, oh, you have to be really fit and you have to be really buff to go to CrossFit and not wear a shirt. was kind of like my, <laughs> my thoughts of it. Uh, I got to CrossFit. I loved it. I took the intro, de- uh, the intro class and I was pretty much hooked. I am a competitive human. I have played uh, competitive sports a better part of my life. I was um, a figure skater for quite a few years and did it competitively as a child. And then when I got into adulthood, I kind of left figure skating and I didn't really have um, much much of an outlet. I played softball, 
or slow pitch uh, recreationally and that sort of thing. And then when I got into my 30s, um, I met my husband a little bit before then, and he introduced me to competitive slow pitch. So we started playing that together, and I played on some provincial teams and the national uh, at the national level a couple of times. Uh, I have two silver medals from the Canadian Slowpitch Worlds, and it was an awesome experience because I'm, I am a competitive human. However, I really enjoy team sports. So growing up, I played uh, what would be considered an individual sport, being a figure skater. And once I was in adulthood, I realized what I was kind of missing out on with team sports. And I think that that's why I like CrossFit is that it's a bit of a mix between both in the sense that I can be competitive with myself, but additionally, going to classes is a lot like being on a team, and the people are always the best part of CrossFit, in my opinion. Uh, You will never meet better people than at a CrossFit class, and especially at CrossFit Mirai. They're the best. (laughs) Humble brag. Um, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So when it comes to, for you with CrossFit, you said you joined back, or or you, you started doing CrossFit because you kind of got to a point um, post-pregnancy with just being a little heavier or bigger than you were before and with a, a passing in your family. At what point did you start to notice things trending in the other direction? And tell me, like, take me through that journey uh, for you because for you and I, I like, our relationship is only five or six months long. I, I didn't know you pre-2018, so tell me a little bit about how um, you got to be as fit as you are now. Absolutely. So when I when I started CrossFit, I will be completely honest, I I worked out for a couple of months beforehand to try and get myself back into what I thought was shape. Um, and I say that because I like when you're in the moment, you don't really understand, like, you know, just how how much like cardiovascular endurance you've lost, how much strength you've lost over a good period of time. Um, I. I got back into, like, I started coming to classes. I noticed right away uh, that that it wasn't going to be difficult for me to get back into the swing of doing movement. I, I like, I wish I had found CrossFit in my youth. I, as a, as a teenager in high school, I broke the record for pull-ups when I was in high school. So like, obviously I have like body strength and it was something that interested me, but there was no outlet for it at that time. And so I started, um, CrossFit. I noticed immediately that like, this was something that I liked. I could do a lot of the movements. They came kind of naturally to me. I mean, I looked like a baby deer, like most people do when they start at CrossFit for so many lifts and so many movements that took, take so much time and practice. But I, I was going to nationals that year for slow pitch and I knew that I needed to get back into shape in order to be competitive at the level that I was playing at. Uh, one of my roles on my team is to be like a base runner. So that's kind of like my thing. I like being fast on the bases and I knew that it wasn't at the time and CrossFit really Uh, even just like the three or four months that I did it before I got to Canadians, I noticed like my explosiveness starting to come back on taking off around the bases and that sort of thing. So that was very helpful. Uh, That was in August that I went to Montreal for Canadians. And that's where I was basically hooked. Um, 
I signed up while I was in Montreal to do the Rocky Mountain Crusher, and that was my first ever CrossFit competition, and I did it as basically a newbie, but it was such a fun experience and so much, like, camaraderie and awesomeness and and also so much fitness I was hooked after that um and it's just been a steady progression since then I every I find that there's always something new to learn and I am a constant learner so I like to be coached and I like to be taught different movements and techniques and little tips and I find that every time you go to class uh somebody will have one little pointer for you or a couple pointers for you and it will just improve the technique and the movement and then things get smoother and easier and it's just an awesome experience yeah so yeah I totally yeah. obviously i mean i wouldn't have the career that i do if i didn't believe everything you kind of just absolutely said. um yeah. but at the same time like for you there's a lot of things you can see you're a very good student not only like with with nutrition coaching but you take a lot of what coaches deliver really really well um there's a bad way and a good way to take advice with anything for sure um but being coachable is like one of the the top qualities someone can have um in an athlete or even just an individual person right because like you it's so important that you're able to actually take criticism well whether it's like at your job or what's in the gym as well as like how to improve your form with specific movements but obviously, like I said, we've I've known you for six months, and we basically started working together um, at the challenge of uh, October twenty sixth, no, twenty sixteen, twenty eighteen. Um, yeah. And Krista was going to sign up for a the challenge, so she was going to do like basically an RX or scale version of what we were doing for our challenge. But she is someone that had a little bit more experience. Um, tracking macros and doing a little bit of that before so tell me a little bit about why you first got into tracking macros like specifically before you met me really so i started tracking macros with another company right around that time when i signed up for the rocky mountain crusher i think that i made the, the choice to do that because i was seeing a lot of changes in my body when it came to like strength and when it came to uh, just like overall health. However, I wasn't seeing any type of fat loss or um, like body composition change. And at that point, it was uh, a little bit more important to me. I was like, obviously coming up on one year of my postpartum journey. So as like, all things related with motherhood, which I could spiral down into, uh, like such a rabbit hole with, but you, you hear so many times like, Oh, you got to get your body back. You got to get this back and all that fun stuff. And so, uh, vanity essentially led me towards, uh, finding a coach to help me track my macros. And I went on a pretty decent cut. Um, and it worked really well. It was hard in the sense that I literally had no idea what a macro was. I didn't understand that vegetables were carbs or anything along those lines. I was flying in, flying blind, essentially, because my coaches were in another country. I didn't really know them, um, but they were helpful as much as they could be at the time. And I, I slowly but surely figured things out. It was successful in the sense that my body composition 
changed drastically. I seen really great results from it. But once I got to the open, excuse me, last year, I found that I was, um, I don't know, I just was kind of over it. I had been tracking and being on a cut for so long that I was um, really kind of just exhausted with it all. And I didn't want to track a single macro. And I found that I was cheating on my like diet or like cheating on my macros and then not tracking it. And I know that that's not really the best way to go about it. So I gave it a break. And over the summer, there was like not a whole lot of change to my body comp or anything like that uh, in any type of drastic ability. But I really realized I did a few CrossFit competitions this summer. I didn't really see the results that I was looking for physically. So when you had come to Morai and I knew that you were going to be doing nutrition coaching, I knew that it was something that I would probably be interested in because my journey with CrossFit and with my body has changed in the sense that I would like for, I would like to see how it can perform now. So I knew that you would be able to point me in the right direction. Yeah. And what would you say like your biggest things you learned initially with that other company uh, were when you, when you came into tracking macros? Cause I think that that's, that's something that you're pretty original in within the clients that I work with from Rye, just because you, you come from a bit of a tracking background. So even when you and I discuss um, how things went each week on our calls, we're rarely talking about, well, we're rarely talking about food, but we're rarely talking about like macros and trying to figure out how to get your fats up or your carbs down or whatever it happens to be. We're usually working on other deeper level issues. So what did you learn, I guess, from a starting standpoint, from a rookie standpoint about macros in that process that you can kind of pass along to someone who has no idea uh, what that process is like starting out? Absolutely. Uh, the one thing that I, well, I just learned a lot about food to start with. And I, I learned to, to be firm, but fair with myself. So if I, for example, there were a lot of times I would make I'm a, I'm a meal planner. I like planning, and I think that planning is key in order for myself to stay on track. I would make meals for the week, and I would think, oh, they're so healthy, and they're going to fit into my macros so good, and I'm, you know, I've got protein, and I've got a little bit of carbs, and I've got vegetables in there, and then I would put it in my fitness pal, and it would blow up my fats, or it would blow up my carbs, or I would be 30 grams short on protein for the day, and I would just be crushed about it, and I wouldn't know what to eat, or I would, you know, nervous about going over on my macros for, you know, a fat or a carb, and worrying about that at the time, um, and that's kind of what I learned was, like, to give myself some grace in the sense that it takes time to figure out how things work where, and additionally, to be firm in my tracking so I didn't realize it when I first started but my coach would always say to me I don't care what you eat as long as you put it in my fitness pal and I can see it so that I know what's happening and at the time I thought like oh she's just trying to like she's gonna tell me oh you shouldn't have eaten that because that's the kind of you know diet mentality I had in the sense of you know I had been 
coach before to like eat like a 1200 calorie diet and it had to be like chicken rice and asparagus for every single meal and this was like a long time ago and so you know I was like oh she's gonna see that I ate like a mini chocolate bar and be like, Carissa you shouldn't have eaten that but she never said that to me and she always just said like I just want you to consistently track and I think that was probably like the second biggest takeaway other than like figuring out what food is what is that uh consistency is key even if it means that you don't hit your macros for the day like even if you try to put your food in the best that you can it will benefit you in the long run and it'll help your coach because if you had four days that you blew your fats like that's gonna make a big difference if you're like doubling them say and you're not hitting your protein um but then you didn't put half of those fats in or whatever, your coach has no idea. They're flying blind. And so they can't help you if you can't help yourself, basically. So when it came to jumping on with me, I guess what were your expectations with that? Being that you already started, um, you already kind of knew what your macros more or less were. And we didn't make any drastic changes with yours. I know we definitely increased your food. So tell me, I guess, uh, your or tell everyone else, I guess, your um initial perception with how you felt after we upped your your food intake and what you learned through that process i loved it just kidding (laughs) (laughs) who doesn't love more food um i it was shocking to me to be quite honest with you um i thought like i was eating pretty pretty good i realized like i think i just didn't realize like what food could do for my body. I don't think I've ever been educated in that. And so, uh, I learned a ton about, you know, how carbs are not evil. Fat is not evil. Like all of those things. Like I'm an eighties baby. I've been taught to eat fat free everything. And the like carbs are the devil for my entire life. So to retrain my brain, um, to be quite fair, like when we first started working together I don't really think I had much for expectations in the sense that I just really wanted to like see what you would be able to do see what your your you know perception is on things and see where we would take it and go from there I wanted to obviously be stronger for the open and I really wanted to make some big gains but I didn't know how to get there and so that would be like my one expectation I guess um when we did start working together like immediately you put me on like a different set of macros and the the response my body gave was amazing and I don't know like obviously that's your knowledge and I have still no knowledge on that but when I did that first competition in October at Sonalta it was like it was my best comp ever I felt good I didn't feel fatigued I felt strong, I felt confident, um, all of those things because, and I would directly correlate that to food because I don't know if I was any stronger at that point than I was two months prior, but it felt like I was, I don't know. It was, it was really good. So. Yeah. And I think that you've like, you've seen that kind of over time as well. So one of the big things, obviously, when it comes to nutrition coaching and also working with a nutrition coach is like the idea of tracking, and you talked a little bit about it as well. Um, but if someone were to stop you on the street or like 
if your husband somehow didn't remember why you did what you do um, and asked you, why do you track your food? What's your like response to them? Like, why do you track your food and how do you go about it for you personally? Because I know based on our relationship, I know that you don't track everything to a T all the time, but you try and do it as best you can most of the times. So tell us, tell everyone a little bit about that. Uh, I track food because it's what I want to do. Um, sounds super selfish, but when you become a mom and you give so much of your life to other people, it's important for you to take time to do things for yourself. And this is something that I like to do for myself. It's like a little bit of self care for me. Um, because it helps me mentally, it helps me physically, it just all around makes me like a better mom because I can be a better human for myself. Um, that's like a super deep answer, but that is really why I do it. I do it for me. Um, and like that is a conversation that even my husband and I have had before because, you know, it is um, – it's a lot of work. If people think that tracking your food is going to be just like, oh, I'm going to go put uh, chicken nuggets in my, my fitness pal every day, like that's not going to work for you. Well, I mean, you could make it work somehow, but it wouldn't be that uh, you won't be eating that much food. And I just, I do it for me. Um, my husband and I, when I first started, I would get super frustrated with like, you know, slam my scale down and be like, I'm so tired of weighing food. I just want to <laughs> eat. But now it's just, it's an, a habit. I made my, my supper snack tonight or my evening snack tonight. And, you know, like I put my bowl of oatmeal on the scale and I weigh out my two tablespoons of peanut butter that I'm going to add to it. It's stuff like that. That's just like, it's repetition. Um, my husband and I both deal really great, great with schedule. We like these types of things. So having meals ready for the whole entire week is just convenient for my family and we enjoy it all around. So that's why we do it. Yeah. And that's awesome. I think it really works well for your lifestyle. One of the things I think that you seem to have come a long way on and you kind of hinted on it as well before was the like food quality versus quantity debate internally anyways. Um, I, you mentioned like before you kind of grew up on the idea that you should have 1200 calories and like everything be quote unquote clean. Whereas like today, like I know that that's not the case. Like sometimes we have to get on you a little bit more about making sure food quality still stays relatively high. <laughs> um, but like you fit things into your lifestyle, um, like protein donuts or something like that that you're yes. making sure that like you're still getting a bit of a, you know, a sweet tooth craving, if you will. Um, but your fiber is not low either. So I know that's one thing you've definitely improved on over the last three or four months. Why is it where it is on that scale of like quality versus quantity for you? Um, like where is it on that scale or why? Where and why? So like for me, like I, I'll use myself as an example. Like I am someone who won't go 100% down the quality rabbit hole because I like to have things like ice cream every now and then. Um, and I'm not <laughs> training for anything. Like I'm training to be the best version of me. I'm not competing against anyone else. So like it is what it is. But what it is, why is it the way that – like why do you want to fit those things like a donut or something like that into your macros and not just go 100% quote-unquote clean? Uh, cause I think that 
food that is like that food tastes good. If you cook food, you can cook healthy food that tastes amazing all the time. Doesn't have to be bland. Doesn't have to have zero spices on it. Zero, you know, flavor. You can cook really great food that is quote unquote clean. Additionally, though. Like, it's okay to indulge. I think the one thing you've taught me and that I I learned the most through our time working together is that nobody, you know, and like nobody gets fat in a day sort of thing. Yeah. And so if you have like a bad day in the sense that I know I had one even last week, we talked about it. I had meetings at work. So I ate breakfast out. I ate lunch out. And additionally, I ate supper out. And so like, that's like, that day went off the rails for me because I can pick clean things to eat, but I'm probably not going to, I'm not going to eat terrible things. I mean, I probably had like a, uh, egg wrap in the morning and, uh, burger at lunch and then a salad for supper, but all that stuff, um, isn't going to fit into my macros. And I know that. So I'm still going to eat the burger though. Like people can say like, Oh, you know, you shouldn't eat that. Well, I'm going to, like, I want to have some flexibility in my life. I'm going to build it into my macros the best that I can. But then there's other days where I'm just going to say, you know what? Like Super Bowl. I just said, like, I'm going to go to a Super Bowl party and I'm going to have fun. I'm going to visit with people and I'm just going to eat what's available to eat. I'm not going to sit there and say to people, you know, I can't eat that. I'm really sorry. Because I'm also not training for anything in particular. I'm just training to be the best version of myself. So if I was going to be really strict, then I would be. And I would eat, you know, as clean as possible, but like give yourself some grace and a little bit of, you know, firm, but fair. If you work really hard and you're doing a really great job at the gym and killing it, or you're having a rough day or it's minus 30 bajillion outside and you want a protein donut, go get one. You know, it's not, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. And that's one thing that like some people like yourself are very good at having some, you know, quote unquote bad food without it ruining everything. And I think that that's something you've gone a long way on, though, in improving. I remember, yeah. like, the, one of the very first weeks we were working together, um, you and your husband had your anniversary. And I remember in the notes you mentioned that you guys <laughs> went to, like, Boston Pizza for a super romantic dinner. And you were, yeah. like, a little bit mentally consumed with guilt and tracking things like that. Whereas I know, like you mentioned today, like, recently, you could go out three times in a day and you mentally know that you're way over or your macros are off, but it doesn't bother you. So how do you how do you explain that difference in like guilt and mental awareness around where you are in your day and whether that even means anything to you or how you get back on track? Because there's a lot of people that, you know, do that that quick little fix. Um, they have the one thing where that might be untracked and then they hit the fuck it meter and just go crazy for the rest of the day and have a hard time getting back on for three or four days. You know, to be quite honest, it's the accountability of having a coach. Um, I, and I think that's why, like, once again, it took me a long time to realize that like, you know, I don't want to waste money on things. It doesn't make sense for me to hire a coach if I'm not going to do the work. So I might as well put the work in and do a really good job at it when I can, but give myself some grace. Um, I think when I first did macros, I was super rigid and I thought to myself, like, I can't eat anything that's not going to fit within my macros. And that was really hard and it was not enjoyable for me. And so this time around, 
to be quite honest, you, I call you my like food counselor because you like talk me through that kind of stuff because it is all a mental mindset. Um, and it just takes time to figure that out and it doesn't happen right away. And you have to be open to the change. I mean, if you're going, you know, how many times did you say to me, like, that's not a bad food. There are no bad foods. And so it takes time for your mind to be retrained. And that's what it comes down to. So, you know, hiring a coach for a month is probably not going to give you the results that you're looking for because, I mean, you're a miracle worker, but I can't see you fixing somebody's mindset that they've had for the past, you know, 25 to 30 years about food in one month. It takes time. So. Yeah, exactly right. Like, cause like I was even saying to another client earlier this week that like what sh her ideas around, you know, things like fat and stuff like that were not something that were just ingrained in her last week. They've been yeah. something that's been like, you mentioned you're an eighties kid. They were put in you when you were a kid, like when you were sitting there eating bacon for breakfast, like things like that were passed down years over years over years. And for your generation, it was like fearing fat. For my generation, it was like in my household particularly, it was fearing carbohydrates. So like it's different for every single person in yeah. terms of what that looks like. One of the last questions I had for you, um, which is kind of like a deeper question, if you will, is kind of like what have you learned about yourself and not only yourself but your nutritional relationship since starting either with me or just, you know, coaching in general or tracking your macros? important for my health and my mindset, my family and my body and everything. Um, I don't, I don't know. Like I've learned a lot. I'm not sure I could wrap it all up into just one thing, but I have learned to give myself a little bit of grace and to um, be open to, to failing a little bit, but a failure is not the end of the world it's just a learning moment so I think that I learned that um, more with your coaching than the previous coaching because I was ready to understand that I think um, my previous coach tried to talk to me about that kind of stuff but I was just so one-track minded um, about losing weight that I couldn't really see anything else at that point um what I've learned is that this is something that I will probably continue to do for the better portion of my life, not for any other reason than I like the structure of it. It's my personality. I think that, um, that it works for my family and that I can give myself enough flexibility with it that it becomes a normal, healthy environment. I don't think that I need to, my body needs to look a certain way. That's probably, actually, now that I just kind of talked myself down another rabbit hole, that's probably the one thing I learned <laughs> the most out of this all. Um, I used to always say when I first started CrossFit and I, I started macros um, that I wanted my old body back and that I would sit there and I would say, oh, I just, I wish my body would look like how it did pre-baby. What I really learned over the past two years mostly through just recently is that my body will never be the same 
kids, like, I love my children, but they have ravaged my body, and uh, they, my body will just never, ever be the same, so I just want it to be the best version that it can be right now, and by tracking my macros and by being smart about my nutrition, that's how I'm going to get that best version of myself, Um, by working hard at the gym and working hard with my macros, then I'm going to give my body its best version. Um, It will never be the same. And that's something really important that I've learned. It took a long time to figure that out. (laughs) Yeah, and that's been like a a lot of like a confidence building thing for yourself for sure. Definitely since the time we've been working together because I know that was like something early on you had in your notes kind of a lot and even in your goals uh, for us working together. That was a lot of what you were focusing on. Um, Yeah. So with that being said, I have only two more questions too. So one of the last ones is, you know, if, if someone were to be thinking about working with someone or, um, for you personally, like if, if they ask you about why you'd work with a nutrition coach or a coach in general, um, what are your thoughts, whether it's personally working with me or anyone in general? Cause I think there's plenty of people out there who might listen to this podcast and who might have zero access to me, but I think that they should definitely reach out to a coach and get help as well. But what are your thoughts on that experience? I think that if you want to make a change, the best thing you can do is just ask others for help if you don't know where to start. I mean, if if you want to see changes in your body physically um, or mentally or any of the above, like if you have a, not a great relationship with food or you – you can't figure out your nutrition. You're never not going to get your money's worth unless you decide not to do the work. If you're ready to do the work, those people are going to be there for you every day of the week. They're going to be your biggest cheerleaders. They're going to help you the best that they can. They're going to guide you in the right direction. Um, yeah, I just think like coaching in any way or form is always valuable if you choose to go out there and do something with it. Um, and so, you know, if you, if you want some self care and you want some self love, hire a coach and let them help you out because they're going to do it. If that's something that interests you. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So being that this is the refocus nutrition podcast, um, I founded the idea on uh, the refocus idea. Um, because I wanted to refocus the way I thought about food, the way I help other people think about food as well. Um, so if there's one thing lifestyle related, whether it's fitness, whether it's nutrition, whether it's recovery, whatever it happens to be within that space, what is one thing you think people should refocus their lives on um, to help improve them, to improve themselves on a regular basis? is super high I, I would say it's just like a combination of all of the three I would say it's refocus on your nutrition refocus on your exercise your level of exercise and refocus on your self-care because if you it's a tricky thing to balance to do all of those things and yet one kind of works hand in hand with the other. So just go out there and like refocus your life 
the best that you can towards your goals. You might have one goal that you think is super high and important. For example, when I started working with you, it was to get my pre-baby body back. And that quickly changed and refocused into something so much better and so much more effective in just refocusing on health and strength and happiness over something that was completely unattainable. But I had to be open to the change. Yeah, exactly. Because, like, for lack of a better term, like, what you came to me with was hoping a you would get back to that pre-mom body, which was like a very superficial reasoning. But after we kind of investigated a lot more, we found out that it wasn't like this body you wanted back. It was that feeling of being confident with who you were and, what, and the way you performed with your body um, that, was, that was what you were really after, right? Even after doing that cut that, we, that you hated and never wanted to do again, we realized like you didn't want it wasn't the body thing that you wanted it was the confidence of what that body could do that you were really after as well right i think that's fair to say absolutely that is 100% accurate and i think that that's like also one of the reasons why you would hire a coach because i would never have figured all of those things out on my own not in a million years i would still be eating way less macros, driving myself into the ground, being obsessive over things, and not giving myself any grace um, if we hadn't started working together. So, you know, um, reach out to a coach, do your best to work with them, see where it goes. I mean, I've worked with two coaches now. They were both, they both did their jobs for what I was looking for at the time. But if I had to do it again, like, I would choose working with you just because it fits better for what my goals are in the long run. You, it was very helpful mentally sort of thing. So, yeah. Well, I appreciate that, Krista. And I I appreciate you coming on as our first ever guest. Uh, That is Krista Ottenbrine. As I said earlier, uh, she's a badass mom of two, uh, part of the first ever team of the Cubs and Cougars who might actually be going into retirement, but I guess we'll talk (laughs) about that in another episode. But that's all for now, guys. Uh, Thanks so much for tuning in for another episode, and thanks so much to Krissa. Uh, We'll let you sign off. Uh, Krissa, where can everyone find you if they wanted to find you on social media and follow all of your delicious food pictures that you sometimes upload on your Instagram stories? (laughs) Oh, my pictures of puzzles because I'm such an old lady. (laughs) Uh, you can find me at carissa.ottenbright on Instagram. And that's pretty much the only place you'll find me. I think I have my Facebook private. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. And people can always reach out. I mean, if you have more questions about why I chose to work with coaching or anything like that, I'm happy to help people. Um, I'm not great at doing recipes because I throw shit together, but I do post food on there to give you ideas. So thanks, Eric, for inviting me on. And I'm so glad I beat RG in getting on your podcast first. (laughs) He might never get on this podcast. We'll see. If he's still listening, hi, RG. Hi, RG. (laughs) All right. That's it, guys. Take care, Carissa. Bye.